welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So as some of you have already seen, we've done part one and two of Free Folk. Uh, and now we're on to the next faction, which we've decided will be Starks. We're trying to sort of go in the order of which we've seen either the most, um, I don't know if I would want to call them complaints, but just uh, people just unsure of the identity of the new what the faction is turning into. Um, and I know Starks have always kind of been uh, like the faction that got better as they took damage and Simon uh, has kind of uh, just pushed them further in that direction, uh, which was supposedly always supposed to be what they were supposed to turn into, uh, which is fine. Uh, I think that people just got so used to 1.6 that it's a little bit more of a shock for them than, uh, than they were expecting. So we're going to be going over, uh, just like we do with Free Folk, we're going to go over the units, the attachments, and the NCUs. We're going to save the commanders and their tactics cards for part two. Um, just because there's so much content to go through that we couldn't possibly fit it all in one show with the way we like to do things. We like to kind of take more of a deep dive into each and every unit uh, rather than kind of, you know, skimming over anything. Uh, we kind of want to thoroughly discuss uh, all these changes to kind of give people a, a better idea of what to expect. Um, tonight uh, it will be just myself and Spencer. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, so I guess we can jump into it. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about the Calvary. Uh, we're going to do House Tully Cavaliers. So they've changed, uh, I would say, uh, not that much. Um, they're definitely less killy than they were before, but I think that's kind of, you know, what we're seeing across uh, 2021 in general. Um, so they are still a five move, a three up save. Uh, they now have a six up morale, but uh, that is because their embold now works on themselves. Um, so essentially they're back to their five up. Um, they, they have the lance, which is a three up, a six, four dice. Uh, they have the Calvary's uh, innate ability with the free maneuver and three wounds per model. Lance, which gives Sundering, and when charging, deals plus one to hit for each remaining rank in this unit. Uh, this is an eight-point unit. Um, so I would say, uh, overall, a good change. I like, uh, you know, cheaper uh, Cheaper is always better. <laughs> uh, it just, you know, even if they're getting weaker, um, the cheaper units, kind of like we've seen with Berserkers, uh, just gives you a lot of more, uh, a lot more wiggle room with trying to fit other things in your list. Um, you'd be surprised how a one-point reduction uh, can mean a lot, especially, again, to reference Berserkers. I ran tons of Berserkers at seven points, and now having like three or four points freed up when I run three or four Berserker units, that's that's pretty big. I mean, I could throw an attachment in there um, and then just offset that, or I can, you know, get myself another NCU, or, you know, just uh, the House Tully Cavaliers, I definitely like the change. Uh, the other reason I like the change is that if you want to do an all House Tully list, uh, eight points is a lot more 
uh, feasible for trying to fit all Tully units uh, without, you know, just spamming uh, sworn shields and nothing else. This allows you to kind of run, um, you know, a cheap maybe sworn swords with uh, blackfish and then run two shields and then house Tully cavaliers and maybe something else. And, and at that point, you have enough house Tully units that it's it's pretty much a house Tully list, you know, themed list. Uh, so definitely going to be hard to get used to them being, you know, so much less killy than before because you're looking at eight, eight dice on the charge, two of them being auto hits, six dice hitting on threes with re-rolls and sundering, uh, losing that crit blow, losing that one extra die on the uh, charge. It can be pretty big, um, but... I still think these guys have an important spot in a list. That embolden is huge. Coming from such a mobile unit, you can really get them to wherever you need to get them to be providing that morale bubble. Uh, what do you think of these guys, Spencer? Well, I think you just touched on what I think the most about them. Is the embolden, I think now kind of changes their role. Before in 1.6, they were kind of more of like a sledgehammer, just run it into something and let it kill it, because that's what it did. Um, now I think it's more of like a support tactical finisher, where it's more of like provide that emboldened buff to as much as you can, and then when you have a unit already engaged, maybe hit it again with a captive or faster and try to finish the unit. Because they still can hit hard, you just can't expect them to one-shot units anymore, which does mean they'll get bogged down otherwise. But otherwise, yeah, they, they lost in Chile. They're still defensive. Um, yeah, they're still a solid unit, and you don't underestimate losing points off of what they cost. That, that's a big deal. Across the board, everything got a lot cheaper, and that actually helps with list building. Sorry, I was uh, screening a caller there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with the Embolden. I think Embolden is definitely uh, a great uh, addition, you know, to any army. I mean, even when you see a Bolden on a commander, I mean, it's huge, in my opinion. And, uh, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, Spencer, I think Embolden on the Tully Cav is the only time we see Embolden uh, not on a commander? I believe so. I don't think anything else has emboldened other than, yeah, that's the only non-commander one, and even then there's only, what, two or three commanders that have it? Exactly. So I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to uh, take it for granted because um, Starks already have an average to great morale. Uh, I wouldn't say they're like amazing morale in most cases, but they have an average to great one. And you throw this in the mix, and now you're taking you know taking it from that uh, range to great to amazing. Because uh, when you're scaling from only between you know a f usually a five up, six up, seven up, plus one is huge you know it's it's the difference from making an average morale go to above average above average go to you know amazing so i think uh these guys being so mobile even if it is only short 
uh, short range is really going to, uh, you know, you're going to see their ability to give it out to a lot of different units uh, very easily. Uh, but we do have a caller. I appreciate you calling in, uh, especially on uh, tonight. You know, we're kind of a little on the shorter staff side. Uh, we have with us uh, Cyrus Moore. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, yeah, no problem. And uh, if you guys are ever short-staffed, uh, throw me a message, and I'd be happy to come on and fill some airtime uh, anytime you guys need it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we actually uh, short-staffed. Uh, Brett's on vacation. Jose is still in uh, barber school uh, for another year, unfortunately, but he is definitely still a part of the team. Uh, Chris uh, does uh, – he coaches uh, sports for um, high school kids, I believe. And so – and then uh, it's, uh, I think, planting season for uh, – for Craig because he's a he's a farmer so we're just a lot of uh, you know just life going on <laughs> so I definitely no, appreciate that's, that's it totally, um, yeah that's totally so, understandable uh, before, uh, I'm not doing much myself today uh, other than uh, sweltering in my house I just found out today that my air conditioner <laughs> has decided to stop working so I'm, I'm oh, baking but otherwise uh, un unoccupied <laughs> yeah I I our air conditioning is working well, except for both our SUV and our van. The AC is out. So if we want to go anywhere, then we have to suffer. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, before we jump into the next unit, uh, what are your thoughts on the whole House Tully Cavaliers? Uh, yeah. Uh, so me and my buddy Kurt were talking about the Lance Cav as a whole and, and the kind of disappointment in the way that they're they're headed. But taking 1.7 overview of things being less killy the way that uh that these lands uh, ca uh these uh, cavaliers are looking does make sense they still do a ton of damage uh comparatively to other units and the embolden is is pretty nice even though like everybody's saying ah panic doesn't matter you know it's not as big of a deal in 1.7 uh if you take three wounds after you just got hit it, it's gonna matter you're gonna still feel that so having the extra morale will help you from the embolden and the fact that lance cav still have sundering even if they're engaged with their three up defense there's not a whole lot that's that's going to stand up to them other than other, another Lance Cav that's going to be able to punch through their armor and not be punched through by the Sundering hits. So I'm just fine with the way that the Cavaliers are looking. Yeah, and, you know, for anyone that has kind of played them or, uh, and not really impressed, just also, you know, try to consider the fact before uh, Lance Cav, you know, the Cavaliers and the uh, Knights of Castle Rock, they were just so effective. Uh, my wife did a tournament um, a while ago. It was one of the Indianapolis tournaments. Uh, we did a team tournament. And, you know, it just ruined her day when a Knights of Castle Rock charged a unit of warrior son, her warrior sons and one-shotted them just blew him off the table in that one shot before she even could use her faith tokens to up her save. Just one shot dead. Nothing should do that in any game, in my opinion. It just It's one of the worst feelings ever. And it didn't happen just once. It happened twice. 
in the same round. He had two Tully Cav, charged two Warrior Sons, both one-shotted, just dead. And this toned-down lance ability... Yeah, exactly. It it gets nuts sometimes with that critical blow, which I'm really happy to see, you know, Simon give out critical blow very sparingly. Um, and I still think, you know, the Lance, even though in my opinion it doesn't make any sense, but the Lance having Sundering always, not just on the charge, is also huge. You know, six dice hitting on threes with Sundering when stuck in combat is big. I mean, it's, it's still a nice whack in the face and if you really build your list around it with like rob commander or something and have the ability to just retreat to get that uh, charge again i mean it could be big and it also means you know the charge all it gives you is the rerolls which is big but gives you rerolls and one to two auto hits uh it that's not amazing but so it's not amazing but it's also nice but again, it's it's also nice on the flip side that you don't feel obligated to always charge. Because I knew when I played Cavaliers in 1.6 or Knights of Castle Rock, if I didn't charge with them before they got charged, I almost felt like the unit wasn't worth taking. You know, they were so ineffective, stuck in combat. You know, and granted, they shouldn't be as effective. Let's say flayed men who are really fair, uh, fairly potent when stuck in combat. But they shouldn't be useless. You know, you're, you're paying eight points for these guys. They shouldn't hit as hard, you know, as they do charging, but they should still be able to, you know, hold their own. Uh, so I think Simon did an awesome job with these guys uh, at eight points. Um, I don't take them that often, but I find myself, you know, taking them often enough that I think uh, these guys definitely have a home. Um, and then uh, jumping over to our other Calvary, we have the Stark Outriders, still a six-up move, a four-up save, a six-up morale, all that stayed the same. They are now hitting on fours with seven four dice. Uh, they still have the order Swift Retreat and the order Ambush, uh, so nothing else changed other than the fact that these guys are hitting on fours. Um, I have to say, though, hitting on fours, I don't know. I am very indifferent about these guys. I... I just can't I, – I know that they're way too effective at seven points. But hitting on – the one thing, you know, taking away that hitting uh, – I think they also took a die away on each rank because uh, I think they were 8-5 before. Um, so they just – I don't know. With so many things having disrupt or agile, uh, these guys are just not on my radar. I don't think they're – trash that I would never run them, but they're so way way down on my list that I, w- I think I would gladly pay the extra point for any of the eight points, uh, for the Cavaliers or the Flayed Men, or I would just run Zorus Riders or Hedge Knights. I think these guys, you know, Swift Retreat is nice, but Ambush rarely, if ever, goes off, uh, which whenever I see Ambush, to me, that's almost just like a nice little perk, but it goes off so rarely that I don't even know if it's fair to charge like a, a cost in points for that ability. Um, I know these guys are supposed to be fast and supposed to be able to get that ambush, but smart players usually can cover their flanks super easy. Uh, and you're lucky if this ability goes off once. Um, 
because it's only on the charge that yeah, successfully charge become panics and weakens. So it's only if they charge the flanker rear. It's not even if they're just attacking the flanker rear. I think maybe if it was attack the flanker rear, it would be a lot, a lot more worth it. Worth it, but uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, Cyrus. What do you think about these guys? I I think if they had an attachment kind of like the hardened ranger, or the Cranimus survivalist, where if you're retreating and they can't pivot, I would absolutely take these guys. But with the game state as it is, a retreat just really prevents you from not dying, uh, especially because they're not high armored units like the the uh, the lance cav or the the flayed men. So you're trying to keep them alive. You're trying to keep them moving around the battlefield. They've become more of a disruption piece rather than an offensive piece like they used to. And with ambush, I, I used to love running outriders. I've run them in Rob lists. I've ran them in, in various other lists, but I still have uh, nightmares about a time where I charged a, uh, a unit of Baratheon wardens and they had a, a, a vulnerable token and I put the, the panicked and weakened on him, and then the next turn he had Stag's Wit and put all the tokens back on me. So it really just blew up right back into my face. So um, my uh, perception of, of, of ambush is kind of skewed. But I know that you know the token game in 1.7 is going to be big, having tokens on units, being able to utilize them, weakened and, 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 and vulnerable tokens are going to be pretty big. So... I get that, but I, I, I just have a hard time justifying the Outriders over your other cavalry options. Yeah, and like I said, these guys aren't trash or anything. So, you know, Simon, if you're listening, I don't, I don't think these guys are horrible by no means. I just think that they're missing something. There's just something small missing about them that really makes them, uh, what's the right word, uh, in the mix, like in the in the discussion of what to take compared to the other, you know, the new, between the neutrals or like the Cavaliers, um, I don't know. Even if it's just like you said, an attachment, like leave them as is, but make a uh, an, a one point attachment that combos with them super well. That now they are easily worth their eight points. Like you were saying, the um, no pivoting and become weakened after. Uh, um, retreating or even uh like the the co uh the giving them the minus one to hit something like that because then you could even plan to charge into the front uh attack maybe do a little damage then attack you and have a minus to hit then swift use your swift retreat order to like retreat way to the left or right to then open yourself up to then getting to the flank much easier without having to waste an entire round just, you know, flying past them. Uh, that way, now they have to choose to turn to face you uh, or and leave their flank open to the, uh, the rest of the army coming or, you know, stay facing forward to allow the Outriders that opportunity to get the flank. Uh, I don't know, something like that. I think if, like, Simon's can, like, super content at where these guys are at, I think, like you said, uh, the best option would just be uh, an awesome one-point uh, attachment that just meshes really well with these guys. Uh, Spencer, I'm going to uh, screen a couple callers if uh, if, I, if you want to take it away and kind of give us uh, your thoughts on these guys. 
Still there, Spencer? Well, it looks like the caller is in um, the show. Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, you guys actually kind of covered quite a bit of it. Uh, the, the ambush ability is just really hard to pull off, and it feels like that's supposed to be a key component of them a little bit. Um, so, yeah, um, they're not bad. <laughs> you guys have been hitting it pretty well. Just they're they're not there, but they're they're not far. Um, right right now, it's hard to say justify would they be more competitive over hedge knights or even if you're really looking for a flank unit, the uh, Zorus riders who have the elusive escape. Um, yeah, they're not far, but they're they're missing something something small. Yeah, it'll be hard for the Outriders to, to stick into combat, which is one of the reasons why they, they have that swift retreat so they don't get stuck in combat. But even so, if if you're stuck running over uh, hindering and losing your charge bonus, your your seven dice hitting on fours with no rerolls, even you know, charging where if they have an ability to, to, to disorder you, you're you're gonna be barely hitting. Yeah, it it doesn't doesn't end up doing much unless they feel panic. All right, and, I am and, back. and panic uh, is not nothing. Oh, go ahead. Yep. No, you're good. If you if you want to finish your thought uh, before we jump over to the next unit, it was just repeating uh, what I was saying earlier. Panic in 1.7 is not nothing. There's still a chance that you're going to take an additional three wounds. So when we're talking about offense, we still have to take the panic into account. It's still going to be an additional set of wounds if they fail on top of the damage that you do. So that's really kind of what you're hoping for when you might not be hitting as hard as you used to. Yeah, it's. we'll have to see how it goes. I'm definitely going to have to try to, like, uh, for lack of better term or words, force myself to include these guys into my lists more just to know that I thoroughly tested them out before I really give my, like, my final decision on these guys. But just from the little bit that I have played them and just from on paper, I just, I can't see myself really choosing them over the other seven point options. And then again, I would still rather spend the extra point and the upgrade to Cavaliers or Flademen. Um, but yeah, so we'll have to see. Uh, going on to the next unit here, we have the House Tully Sworn Shields. So they still have a four move, a three up save and a six up morale. Uh, they now hit on fours with seven, five, four for dice. Their shield wall is almost or is uh, changed a bit. It's when being attacked in the f uh, front or flank, you block plus one hit for each of its remaining ranks. It's an order, so only once per round. So if you're at full ranks, you're going to block three, two, you're going to block two, and one at your last rank, you're only going to block one. Uh, we'll be... We probably uh, we won't be talking about it in this show, so I'm going to just mention the combo with the Mormont vent, Vet, and that's because uh, there's not much that has changed. I believe, oh, I guess it did change. So before it was just you block one for every destroyed rank. Now it's for every destroyed rank plus one. So you get an, an one initially. So if, and that's not an order, if you put that uh, in this unit, 
making it a seven-point unit, you will then, no matter what rank you're at, block four hits. Granted, the shield wall will only trigger once, but that's still huge. Granted, uh, in mine and uh, Spencer's playtesting, even though the unit is nearly unkillable, uh, seven points with very little offense, I mean, they're really only good for sitting on an objective, and do you really want to invest seven points for a unit sitting on an objective, I guess is what you'd have to ask yourself. Um, I mean, if there's only three objectives, I guess that's not horrible because, uh, you know, you have one of them, and then you can dedicate the rest of your forces to harass the other two. Um, but I definitely don't see, you know, anyone being able to spam that combo because they are not going to be able to put out much damage at all. I think shield wall in itself is just defensible enough that you really don't need that combo. Um, for six points, you know, now you have a unit that uh, is still super uh, tough to kill sitting on an objective, and now they've also added stubborn tenacity to them, which is each time they pass a panic test, one enemy they're engaged with suffers one wound. Also in mine and Spencer's playtesting, that that one wound from these sworn shields adds up, because um, now you're really, uh, you know, especially if you have Tully Cavaliers nearby making them a five-up morale, it you know, it's you're not going to kill any unit with this ability, but it's funny how that one wound plus their weak attack is just enough to skim a rank to then allow you to still be like same number of ranks or more to be controlling the objective. Um, I know there is at least two times where that one wound uh, brought uh, the enemy engaged with them that just swung at them down a rank, allowing my sworn, sh sworn shields to... Uh, you know, stay controlling the objective. So I think these guys are amazing at uh, at six points. I actually can't even believe that they uh, made them this good. I don't think they're broken. I, don't, I just think they're arguably, they're way up there. Uh, if you take all the six-point units, they're way high on the list, in my opinion. Uh, Spencer, we'll go to you first on these guys. What do you think of them? I think you're still muted, Spencer. So, yeah, they're very defensive. That's that's what they're going to do. They're they're not they're they're not going to go down easy. Uh, and that stubborn tenacity, yes, unfortunately, it went against me and hurt me. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, they're, they're, yeah, they're they're a really good six point unit. Their problem is their lack of damage. Now the good news is the Stark deck has a couple of cards to help boost their damage a little bit, but. Um, they're, they're a great unit that just sit on an objective and be like, come at me. What, what are you going to do? Um, they're, they're slow, so they, they're going to struggle to get there. But, yeah, they're, they're very nice to They really are. Uh, their only downside really is their lack of, their lack of damage. But... Often you're not going to need shield wall more than once in an activation or in a, in a round anyway. So yeah, funny defense. Yeah, and I think these guys are going to be, uh, depending on your commander, are going to be an easy uh, pick for uh, a commander 
uh, unit. Whether or not you want your commander to be more defensive or offensive is really going to be what you're going to pick between the Sworn Shields or the uh, Berserkers, in my opinion, are like the two go-tos for uh, commander units. Uh, you could make an argument for Blackguard uh, as a neutral six-point option, but at that point, I think it'll really come down to the rest of your army. If uh, like if you're running like panic-heavy, uh, I would say otherwise, it's you're really looking at she- Sworn Shields and Berserkers. Uh, Cyrus, what do you think of these guys? So in the, when I first got into the game, I really wanted to love these guys, but they were seven points at the time, and I was just having a hard time justifying them, even though they were great defensively and had a really decent attack profile when you consider it. Uh, and when they dropped to six points, I tried to put them in every list that I made because they were so good uh, when you just look at them overall. Now they're still great. Uh, sure, they don't hit as hard as they used to now that they're uh, hitting on fours instead of threes, but that defensive ability, I mean, these guys can sit and just you know, not have to worry about too much other than super offensive Death Star units. Uh, the thing is, though, is, is the Starks, even you know, back you know, 1.6, even into 1.7, they're not really catered to defense anymore, but... I think with the, the the decrease in killiness across 1.7, uh, it's going to be difficult to take these guys down. So these guys are your objective holders. They were my bunker for Rick on an OSHA in 1.6. They probably still will be in 1.7. Rick on gives a plus one to morale, so they're going to be passing their stubborn tenacities uh, at an even better clip. Uh, you will have some overlap with the stubborn tenacity because OSHA has it too. But I think that's that's still fair because that's a good home to protect Rickon, and uh, they're going to be taking wounds from Stubborn Tenacity. They're going to be taking hits from Counter Strike. Uh, they're probably going to get avoided in that case. So, good unit. Yeah, I think uh, we'll definitely be seeing a lot of these a lot of these guys still hitting on fours. Um, I think is what they should have been. Uh, Hitting on threes just seemed odd for how defensive they were in 1.6. I know they were slow and all, but I don't know. Uh, four just seems to be what they like, what they should be at, especially in 2021 with you know a lot of things going to four ups to hit. Uh, you put something with stalwart in these guys, uh, even if you just have uh, emboldened from the uh, Cavaliers next to these guys. Having a three up, five up, or a three up, four up, and shield wall. If you don't attack these guys more than once around, good luck ever killing them. Like <laughs> you would have to have a super expensive unit hitting really hard to really get through these guys, or you'd have to roll really bad. Um, now again, you're not going to want to spam these guys. You're gonna you're, you're gonna want to take them in moderation. Uh, I think running just one of them would be like perfect, you know, easy uh, objective sitter and uh, for six points. And a lot of the times uh, your opponent might just ignore them. Uh, once they've kind of, if they have played against uh, Sworn Shields enough, they'll they'll probably just know that it's not even worth it to attack them unless it's like vital to victory. They'll just leave them alone. And uh, it'll allow you to kind of focus the rest of your forces on, you know, other parts of the field. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I definitely like these guys a lot. Uh, going up to House Mormont 
she bears. Uh, this is a new unit that uh, was revealed that we did not have before, and I believe just came out, um, at least by me, uh, two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, two weeks ago, oh yeah, two weeks ago today, uh, they came out. So I think uh, a great unit. They are a five move, a four up save with a six up morale. They hit on fours with seven, five, four. Let's see, which is the same profile as the Sworn Swords, or Sworn Shields, sorry. So, uh, so just stats alone, not abilities, you're looking at having one extra move, but one less save. But the rest all the same as the Sworn Shields. But their order, or their abilities, is they have War Cry, which is an order, start of a friendly turn. This unit performs one morale test. On a success, target one enemy in long range. It becomes panicked and vulnerable. And then they have resourceful strikes, giving them crit blow and plus one to hit for each of this unit's destroyed ranks. So similar to the Berserkers that uh, they have, they could have a two-up to hit, uh, but they have critical blow. So these guys at last rank with Catlin on them, hitting uh, with seven dice on twos, with rerolls, if you charge, knowing you have critical blow, just reroll everything that wasn't a six. Uh, yeah, these guys could get uh, pretty cra or these these girls could get pretty uh, crazy. Also, to mention, uh, the sculpts are amazing. They're they aren't my favorite sculpts in the game, but they're they're high up there. I absolutely love the sculpts. I currently have them down to buying two units of them, but just the sculpts alone and how well they kind of mesh with uh, like running berserkers, I might just run three. Or not run three, but buy three, but we'll see. Um, that war cry on a six up, I think is fair. Uh, you you compare war cry uh, one point attachment uh, Lannisters in um, poor fellows and now you're what are they, a four up morale right now? Um, so, uh, or are they a five up? I can never remember. But either way, a four up or five up with War Cry is almost a guarantee. I think six up, a little better than 50-50. And so I think it's, uh, it's definitely fair, uh, to have this on this unit. Um, you'll pass it just enough to make it a very strong ability and fail it just enough to where you won't feel like it's an auto you know, auto uh, placement. Um, Cyrus, what do you think uh, of the She Bears? Pretty good unit. I have not been able to get my box yet, uh, so I haven't really done a whole lot of uh, playtesting with them. But just by looks, they look great. The tag, the, the uh, Stark Tactics cards uh, can. I think there's a way to give them every uh, keyword: uh, uh, critical blow, sundering, ambitious, which is great. Um, uh, with Warcry, I would prefer it to be a little bit more reliable considering it's it's an order and it's kind of part of their their whole package. Uh, so I would hope to have you know, either Rickon in them or, uh, or Embolden uh, just to bring that uh, morale down because it, it wouldn't feel very good to it's like, okay, I'm going to set this big play up and I'm going to give you these two tokens and uh, roll a four. Uh, but other than that, it's a solid unit and, and I'll probably be getting my box here soon. 
Yeah, and I, another thing to note is that uh, this wouldn't be a horrible option either for your commander. Uh, you know, granted, I would I'd feel much better if I ran uh, a commander that added to their morale. Uh, to help Warcry go off and just make them a bit more survivable, uh, whether it be um, Blackfish or Eddard. But uh, I definitely love uh, the She Bears as, again, like a more diverse list. You know, you run one Sworn Shield, run one She Bear, run one Berserker, uh, and, you know, that's 18 points of your army. You've got three combat units, and they all provide a, a lot of. Uh, uh, versatility to your uh, to your list, um, Spencer. What do you think of these guys, uh, the she bears? God, there's something up with your uh, headset. So they're an interesting unit. Um, their unit I kind of can't wait to try because it's one unit we haven't done yet. Um, they're they're interesting. Uh, again, like you guys were saying, the embolden, stalwart, a werewolf tree, anything like that to make Warcry more uh, reliable is going to be, I think, crucial for them. Uh, I know the Starks also just, they have ways to get keywords, so thundering or vicious on them as well. Uh, they also seem to have a decent amount of ways to attack at highest attack die. So if you're at last rank, dark on them and be like, okay, seven dice sitting on two is a critical blow. Uh, could still do quite a bit of damage. Um, yeah, they're they're an interesting choice. Um, I would like to point out that uh, Eddard, if you're talking about his commander, would not help them because Iron Resolve specifies panic and the uh, war cries morale. Um, but yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's a good point. Um, but I was more, yeah, it wouldn't help the war cry, but it would at least, it would help them with the survivability, which is good. Uh, just because a four up, six up, I'm always weary putting my commander in a a unit that isn't, like for me, a commander unit either has to be super offensive or super defensive. And uh, the she bears aren't really either initially the only time they kind of get scary is when they're almost dead um so uh, i would think uh i don't know does stalwart that uh adds um to morale correct not just panic yeah stalwart is morale okay so stalwart would be nice uh with the she bears um you know i believe uh uh, Blackfish still gives that. Um, let me check real quick. Uh, Blackfish. Yep. Uh, so uh, turning the she bears into a house holy unit uh, and then giving them, making them a four up morale for that war cry, I think would be a nice combo uh, there. So I definitely see uh, see the she bears getting some play. Um, next up, we have the Stark Bowman. Let's see. So they are a five move. They have a six up defense and a seven up morale, so one worse defense. Uh, their arrow valley is a three up to hit, long range, seven, seven, four. And uh, I don't remember what their melee profile was before. Uh, I, I think it's hits one worse, but roughly the same dice. 
either way, um, they are, let's see, they now have Arrow Valley, which uh, it's the same as it was before. Uh, it wasn't the, it's not what it was when they were first released, but it's uh, the same as uh, they got updated to, which is ignores units and terrain when determining line of sight, and defenders that fail the panic test lose all order abilities until the end of the round and become weakened. So, um, a nice unit. I think uh, the lack of a keyword kind of makes them a bit weaker than a lot of the other ranged units. Not needing a uh, line of sight is nice, but more often than not, uh, you have line of sight to your target, so that part is kind of situational. And the number of times that my opponent has failed their panic test from a shot from these guys have been so small that that part also rarely uh, comes in handy, and especially not for the losing all orders part. Uh, it's usually you know, when they do fail, the weekend is the only part that really comes in handy. So a nice unit, uh, fairly costed at six points. I think these guys definitely have their place, um, but I think they're kind of on the lower end of uh, the utility of a ranged unit compared to a lot of other armies. Other armies, like for me, it's easy to add uh, Bowmen or Lightbringers or something because of their potential, like their the potency of their attack. Uh, these guys, I don't know, I'm just, it, it really has to, it relies on the list a lot if I even include these guys. Um, but they're they're good. Um, Spencer, what do you think of these, uh, of the Bowmen? Yeah, they didn't really change much. So, I mean, their role still is kind of the same. I would like to point out, though, that they're one of the few six-point units that naturally hit on a six or on a 3-plus for a 6-point unit, and being a ranged unit at that, that's at least something going for them. But, yeah, it's, it's not easy to, to find really a place that they fit because that, that ignoring line of sight and failed panic, it's just, it doesn't come into effect very often. There's no minuses unless there's a corpse pile around. It's, it's a little frustrating that they uh, they're they seem to lack a role other than being ranged. They, they they don't provide the support that you're hoping for a ranged unit to, uh, to bring to your list. But they are good at what they do. Um, you just don't get to benefit from their role all that much. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, though, I'm pretty sure um, almost everyone else hits on... Uh threes I'm checking other than I think uh, uh, Lancer Crossbows I think Stormcrows Lancer Crossbows hit on fours yep yep oh wow I didn't notice that that's what I meant for a six hmm. point range unit pretty much all of them are hitting on fours now you have seven points or more to be no, hitting I on threes well, there's what only there's four of them, right? So, um, I believe the uh, crossbowmen for the Night's Watch hit on threes, but they're seven points. So, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So there's there's only three units, right? There's the bowmen, uh, the Lannister crossbowmen, and then the um, Stormcrow archers. 
I guess you could throw in uh, the Dothraki Outriders. Yeah, I was just about to say that because they can shoot long range now. They technically hit on fours, but if they don't move, they hit on threes. It's uh, long range and short range. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, though, they hit on fours with the short range, but if they don't move, it's long range and not hitting on threes, I believe. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're correct. Um, I didn't even know they hit one better if they... I didn't even notice that part of it. So, yeah, um, so that is uh, definitely something really strong about them I did not know before. Uh, so hitting on threes, whereas other six points are hitting on uh, fours, uh, especially with some of the combos you can put in these guys, like uh, Boldness and Courage with uh, Roderick, making them an 877. Uh, so their potency is uh, always going to be uh, fairly consistent as long as you can keep them out of combat. Uh, so yeah, definitely a you know different side of ranged uh, compared to a lot of other factions. Um, Cyrus, did I I didn't get your take on these guys yet? Did I? No, not yet. And I'm actually the voice of opposition to you guys. I actually love Stark Bowman. I loved them in the past. I love them now. Uh, I think that in just about every list, and unless you have a really good reason not to, you need to include at least one ranged unit. And for the Starks, I think this is their best bet. Uh, if you run up a pair of uh, Tully Sworn Shields, you get them engaged, and you're firing your bowmen over the top of them, and you're triggering, you're firing into combat and triggering your own uh, morale uh, tests, and you're passing them, you're causing extra wounds from stubborn tenacity, and you're just wrecking havoc, and they can just shoot over their own units because they're ignoring the line of sight. Uh, I try to protect them like that as best I can when I'm running them, and it can really catch a opponent off. I think that the Stark Bowmen are great, and I'm still going to run them myself. Yeah, that's I would still recommend. That's kind. Of, I was going to say that kind of I, I briefly mentioned that like these guys uh, will be key in like specific lists where you're, where you're comboing certain things, like you're saying uh, stubborn tenacity and. Uh, being able to really protect them well. Um, so we'll, uh, also, we'll have to see where they... Uh, if, you throw, if you throw a Cranningman uh, Warden in them, giving them extra attacks, I think a friend of mine asked, how can I defeat dragons as a Stark player? Take a pair, take a Bowman, throw a Cranningman Warden in there, and he will shoot that dragon anytime they get close, and you're going to have some pretty good success. So... There's some really good attachments to throw in the Bowman, and uh, I mean that, that is part of list building. To your point, uh, that, that that's part of combos. But if you set it up, they're still going to be great. Yeah, the the Kranigman, uh Kerr will get into, but from my experience with him, uh, he seemed like on paper he seemed broken, like. A free attack just for moving uh, within long, uh, but me and Spencer have been playing a lot with uh, that ability, and it's actually fairly easy to ignore it um, because it only triggers on tra- uh, marches and maneuvers. So if something charges you, you can't use it. Uh, if something gets a free shift, you can't use it. Uh, there's a lot of ways to move without doing a maneuver or march uh, to really get around um, 
that uh, ability. I've done it before to, I believe, Spencer, uh, where because it also needs to be line of sight, moving in such a way that prevented uh, that I was able to maneuver or march, I forget which of the two, uh, and ended my march out of line of sight, and then it couldn't trigger again, or it couldn't trigger. Uh, but it's still a strong ability. It's just a lot hard. Once your opponent kind of knows about, like, what to expect out of the ability, it's actually really easy to uh, ignore that. Um, but, yes, as you were saying, him and Bowman, I think its real strength lies in the mind game it plays with your opponent. Uh, so if anyone listening, if you run your warden in Bowman, uh, your first however many games, you're going to really surprise your opponent with the free attacks. But once they've get, gotten used to it, Really, at that point, you're purchasing it for the mind game of them having toe around your unit. Um, but again, I mean, it's one point, and playing mind games like that is, you know, it can be well worth uh, the one point. Um, moving on to Kranigman trackers, uh, I want to say so their move, defense, and morale all stayed the same. Their Kranigman Bow is a 4-up to hit 7-6-4, and their Tracker's Blade is a 4-up to hit 6-4-3. Um, they have Swift Retreat after an enemy completes a melee attack on this unit, performs one retreat action, and Order Hidden Traps. When an unengaged enemy in long range performs any action before resolving that action, the enemy suffers one hit for each of its remaining ranks and suffers a disorderly charge on dice rolls of one uh, or two this turn. Um, I, I don't know. I loved the way they were before. This is probably one of my biggest disappointments with the changes. Definitely still have utility with these guys. Um, hidden traps, I think, is just a little too weak, as we mentioned with uh, the discussion of free folk and the uh, the, tra the free folk trappers. Um, I think maybe it just needs to be even something as simple as one plus one for every rank remaining, because uh, then at least you're getting four hits at full rank units because they're still getting their armor save. Uh, so on a, a average unit, you're doing two wounds. Um, and at least doing uh, two hits on a unit with one rank or something. I don't know. Just one hit for every remaining rank just doesn't seem to be good enough for how weak the unit is now because it no longer has the free attack after a maneuver. I mean, these guys, are they're there for support, but their support of being hidden traps is barely pinging anything off of an opponent, and they're five points. Um, so these guys, in my opinion, they're just kind of a disappointment for me. I, I'm going to have to, I like the Outriders, I'm going to have to give these guys a fair shake before I make my overall final decision. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where these guys fall, uh, in any of my play, uh, lists. Even with Holland Reed as commander, I'd almost just rather take Jojen and Mira and not take any Cranidman trackers, which is kind of sad uh, for me. Um, I might still maybe run one. I mean, it's only a five-point investment at that at that point to have one extra Cranidman unit. But uh, if these guys stay re relatively the same, uh, I hope that they just at least come out with another Cranidman unit 
that does something else, and these guys can be the support, and then the other ones can kind of be more of like the mainstay, like something that you run a couple of. Um, yeah, uh, we'll have to see. Cyrus, what do you think of these guys? Uh, so it's good news and bad news with these trackers. The good news is, is now they have the trap order instead of just relying on Mira, uh, which was which was useful. But I don't like the new trap order. Uh, it's almost one step above useless against high armor units like Baratheons. Uh, the disorderly on ones and twos is okay, but uh, you're not really relying on that, even though since 1.6, the disorderly charge is now uh, through the entire turn, which is good, but it's still just not as impactful. Uh, these guys, I, I used to love running these guys. I'd put Roderick in these guys, and I'd make an opponent vulnerable, and I'd be getting re-rolls on multiple shots into flanks and just absolutely blowing up units, and it was a terror. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that uh, as much anymore with these guys as they are. So uh, they're probably fair, but they will not be a preferred unit in my list. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like you were saying, the increase to a disorderly charge for it lasting for the remainder of the of that turn is big, but you're only adding one extra result, so two. It's one thing I've brought up before is how funny it can be that if you charge from far enough away where you need a three or better to make it, you have no way to disorderly. Like, you either don't at that point. You can't disorderly. Um so it's so uh, needing on a one and two, it rarely comes up. I think in all of my games ever, which is a lot, I've only ever even seen it happen between me and my opponent, maybe three, four times, um, where they actually rolled a two. Because rolling a one is irrelevant. You know, you, that's a disorderly either way. Um, so it's really, it comes down to the hits. That part is like the main reason you're using or wanting the hidden traps. And just, you know, three, two, or one hit. You know, if they're at one rank and you're doing one hit, I mean, they're still getting an armor save. So there's a good chance that even trying to use hidden traps on a unit with one rank is almost never going to do anything. And it's not like the hidden traps cause a panic test. Uh, I do like the fact that they are hits. Uh, auto wounds was uh, a little crazy before, but I would like it to just be even if it's just one plus one for every rank. Um, Spencer, what do you think of these guys? Yeah, the third main ability is supposed to be that hidden trap, I feel like, and it does still be enough if it was one plus one for every rank and a disorderly on a three or less. I think then it would actually be a very good ability and you'd go, okay, as a one of an army to disrupt my opponent possibly. Okay. Uh, it does feel a little bad that I'm not sure how often they're going to even get to use those short bows of theirs without the uh, quick fire. Um, more testing, I guess, will determine whether or not they're worth it. And time will tell. Hopefully we'll, we'll find out. Yep. I think... Uh... Um, something you kind of mentioned about needing a three or, or a disorderly on a three or less. I think it would even be cool that maybe it was uh, for every wound you take from hidden traps increases uh, the disorderly by one. So 
If you do a single wound, it would be disorderly on ones and twos. If you take two wounds, it's a disorderly on one, two, three. Um, and that way, like, if they do add one plus one for every hit, you're rolling four dice. But again, on average, you should only fail two on an average defense unit, making it a, uh, a three or worse, uh, or, yeah, a one, two, or three for disorderly. But if they roll really bad and fail all four, now they've lost a rank, even if they had the full rank, and uh, they're disorderly on one through five, meaning you need a six. Now, saying that, that sounds super powerful, and it is, but we're also factoring that they would have to fail all four and be at full full ranks uh, to do, for that to even be a thing. But I think that in itself would be kind of cool, because then the opposite could be true. You could They could pass all of them. Now they didn't take a single wound, and they're only disorderly, uh, a disorderly charge on a one. Uh, so I think that change in itself would make these guys a super useful unit as a one of, because uh, their support style role that they're at right now, uh, I can only ever imagine these guys as a one of. So we'll kind of see how, how that goes. Um, next up, we have the dire wolves that we did not see. We have Shaggy Dog and Summer. I'll briefly talk about both at the same time because their stats are identical to Grey Winds. Six up mo or six move, a three up uh, to hit with four dice, a four up save, and a two up morale. Uh, they all, all three, also have uh, four wounds and a free maneuver. Uh, and they have Sundering uh, always for their melee attack. The only difference is their special abilities. Um, Shaggy Dog has Vicious and gets plus one attack die for each wound this unit has suffered, um, which I, I know the intent is that it's for every wound they have on them, but someone could argue that uh, if you take a wound, then heal that wound, you've suffered that wound, so you would have a permanent plus one attack die by the, the uh, exact verbiage, because the fact that you healed it does not change the fact that you suffered it. Uh, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, but that, I, yeah. I think that's pretty clearly not the intent. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm just I'm throwing it out there for people that are reading it and for any that might have been confused about it, but um, I just wanted to add it in there because uh, if you're going by the exact wording, that's, I mean, there's more merit to that by raw than there is uh, not. Um, but I would only imagine the intent would have to be, because that would be ridiculous. You know, oh, my shaggy dog has 12 dice hitting on threes with Sundering Vicious. <laughs> Take that. Because, <laughs> I mean... It would get pretty ridiculous pretty fast. At least this way, at max, you could have seven attacks uh, hitting on threes with Sundering and Vicious, um, barring any outside effects that you can add to him somehow. Uh, and then Summer has Brand's Protector. After Brand Stark's unit is attacked, this unit may perform one attack or charge action on the attacker. So uh, I would have to say that uh, 
between all three wolves, even though we've already gone over Greywind, I'm going to throw them in the mix here of how I've ranked them before. Uh, in 1.6 says Summer, Shaggy Dog, Greywind. I am now completely flipping that. Uh, not, I guess, flipping it, but I would say that it's pr- probably Greywind, Shaggy Dog, and then Summer. Um, so I would even say Shaggy Dog could be better than uh, Greywind, but that minus one to hit for the Disrupt is huge to keeping him alive, whereas not having that minus one makes Shaggy Dog and uh, Summer a lot more vulnerable to being one-shot with only having four wounds. So that's that's ultimately why I put Greywind above Shaggy Dog. But um, it is a little sad to see that uh, Bran and Hodor got the big nerf hammer as well as Summer. Uh, I, I feel like they need, you know, we'll talk about Brandon Hodor in a second, but I feel like they need a little boost. Um, Grey Wind and Rob, awesome. Shaggy Dog and Rick and Osha, awesome. Definitely worth taking. Uh, easy uh, three-point uh, investment uh, with the attach- plus the attachment point cost, but Hodor and Hodor, Brandon Hodor and Summer. I just can't see myself ever taking them. Uh, the only way I would ever take them is if I wanted to run all three dogs, and I've already purchased the other two plus their attachments. Um, but I don't know. That's just me. Um, Spencer, what do you think of the Dire Wolves? Uh, personally, I would actually put Saggy Dog above that. Uh, Gray win, but that's more of a personal preference. I like the ability of if I do get hurt, I have a bunch of attacks. Um, yeah, the Dire Wolves are nice, and specifically, like you were saying, unfortunately, Brandon and Hodor are been heavily nerfed, and it makes Summer less appealing to take them. Uh, whereas Shaggy Dog with Rick and Osha are really nice combo, actually. Um, I would take them. I think I even have a list or two with them. Well, yeah, because even um, cause if I'm, I'm not mistaken, um, let's see. Uh, Rickon is one point, which uh, then gives you Asha, Asha for free. Uh, and the important part of that is I was thinking, you know, because we're going to discuss them in a second, but I wanted to bring up a combo is even putting them in some she-bears because uh, Rickon plus one to your morale test rolls. Uh, granted, when destroyed, uh, you get you give your opponent a victory point, but now they're a five up with Warcry, and uh, Asha will give them uh, stubborn tenacity. So they're passing, if they pass a morale test on a five up, uh, your opponent will take a wound, and they have Counter-Strike. So you're really going to want to ask yourself, do you want to go for that extra victory point by attacking them? And you could always, uh, like you were saying, Cyrus, with the Bowman, now you have another unit with Stubborn Tenacity, and you can uh, you know, start fire if they really do try to go after this unit to get that extra victory point. You, know, you can try to tar pit them and uh, start shooting at them with... Uh, uh, with the Bowman, which could combo really well with Warcry, because if you Warcry that unit, now they're panicked and vulnerable. So now when you shoot them with the Bowman, you can use that panic token to help make them fail to weaken them. Now the weaken 
helping you know the she bear you know it's just a vicious cycle you know it's it's so good everyone just take it just take it and you know we'll call it a day <laughs> um but yeah so with that said uh cyrus what do you think of the maybe that combo in particular plus the the dire wolves yeah, so with that combo in particular, not to mention while uh, Rickon's sitting out there and they're shooting over his head, you have Shaggy Dog hiding in the bushes ready to bite somebody's rear end with Vicious, <laughs> and they have a panic token from Warcry. Uh, that's that's pretty, pretty scary looking. I actually did make an all-the-wolves list. Uh, I only have three combat units along with uh, the three dogs, but I swear if you see that, across the table from you now that the the wolves are as powerful as they are, you're going to be concerned. Uh, Even I do totally understand that uh, Brandon Hodor uh, along with Summer are on the low end. They're still pretty sturdy. Uh, I put Brandon Hodor in uh, Bastards Girls to try to take good advantage of an extra wound from a vicious unit. And uh, if you retreat and you get the full distance die, you're still a threat at long range with uh, with the Bastards Girls. So uh, that was the best combo that I could think of for Brandon Hodor, but it's pretty thin. Uh, he is pretty much on the weak side. Uh, the Wolves as a whole, uh, this kind of brings up, because I mentioned uh, the last time I was on that, uh, the Stark playstyle has kind of taken a bit of a dip for me. Uh, and this is not pining for 1.6. It's just uh, when Michael Chennault came out and said, everybody loves wolves. Wolves are part of the faction identity. That's why we made them such strong units now. Uh, I disagreed. Everybody brought wolves, not because they they loved them, but that they won games uh, at zero points uh, and having those free activations. I think that's why everybody brought them. And having them be three points and you're going to be hard pressed to fit more than one in your list. Uh, it, it's just kind of contrary to what I was hoping for. for I was hoping for more of a, uh, of a direct bond where the wolf has to activate, you know, after that unit activates and they still be zero points and they don't get the extra activation and, and all that. Uh, but that being said, even though this wasn't what I was hoping for, for the wolves, the wolves are still pretty strong uh, as a whole, and if you still bring one of them, they're still going to do some work, although uh, they're still going to be kind of squishy, and if you make a mistake, uh, they're still going to die. So you have to protect them. Yep, and to kind of expand on your point about the bonding part, it'd be cool to see uh, um, like an attachment summer. So what you could do is you can keep the wolves the way they are right now, three points, and but it only can be taken if you take their uh, their corresponding uh, Stark. But you could also do like a bonded version that's free um, or even just one point. That way, uh, you know, you still get the unit. Maybe it's maybe it's a dumbed down version or something. I don't know, but or maybe it's just like an effect, like the eagle or uh, the bear or the you know whatever the case may be. That way, you're not getting activation. You could still get the wolves on the table for either zero points or one point. Maybe bake it into their cost because they're not like super like good. You know, similar to the bear or the the wolf or the um, 
the Eagle. I don't know, something along those lines. It'd be cool to kind of have best of both worlds. That way, if you want the souped-up wolf that's going to be running around that uh, is wreaking havoc, you can have that version. Or if you want the more free version that's like a bonded animal, uh, just adding a little effects that, uh, you know, you don't want, you know, because let's say you want all three, but you don't want to sacrifice all those points because you're paying for that activation, you know, you can have both options. I think that would be a nice, uh, like, middle ground. Uh, Spencer, what do you think? Uh, that would be an interesting idea to try and implement, but as it stands, unfortunately, yeah, you got to pay a pretty good price. I actually like the idea of the skin changer to begin with. I also had the same thought of uh, just having them activate. Cause I, I, I saw kind of the same problem. Is It was just they, they were a free activation, whereas now it's kind of like, well, you're, you're paying for a unit. And sometimes, at least when I've been trying to list build, it's not always easy to fit those three points in just to get them in there. Um, yeah, I, it's a complex situation. Hopefully, uh, we'll figure out how it goes as the, as the game evolves. Yep. One thing I would uh, I would like to see, you know, vicious makes sense, but I would love to see Shaggy Dog with uh, instead of vicious, and uh, give him intimidating presence to kind of fit the theme of how Grey Wind. Uh, is giving disrupt, so when he's in the unit, he is actively providing that disrupt to any other unit engaged with the unit he's in, uh, gauged with. Now, if you get, take away the vicious, Shaggy Dog only has a minus one, but he also has that plus one. But that's not the important part. The important part is he is granting it to another unit. Let's say, you know, Rickon's unit, you know, adding him into... Uh, maybe put Rickon and Osha in some uh, uh, great axes because now you can kind of try to combo their effect when they take uh, damage with the intimidating presence. So you want Shaggy Dog next to Rickon, uh, Rickon's unit. And now he's actively giving a benefit to Rickon. Um, but I understand why he did it this way. You know, Shaggy Dog's kind of a lone ranger, you know, giving a benefit to other units may not seem like his play style. I just think how, you know, with the three dragons, how they each are very similar, but they each have uh, a giving out a different token. Um, it would be cool if, like, each each uh, dog, uh, or each, sorry, each wolf, I was looking at Shaggy Dog's name when I said that, each wolf would uh, have Sundering, and then, like, an ability that was granted uh, if engaged with the same unit, because Brand, uh, Brand's protector is similar in the sense that if you want to perform that free attack, you have to attack the unit that just attacked Brand, which means you're engaged or at least about to charge that engaged unit. Um, so if Shaggy Dog had intimidating presence, it would have a similar feel as the three dragons. But Maybe that might be too powerful. Maybe they did test that out in playtesting. I think maybe if you did give them that, though, because that's, in my opinion, better than Vicious, uh, you'd have to tone down the plus one attack die for each wound suffered. Uh, but, I don't know, just kind of rambling about some wish uh, listing. So, And then last unit we have to talk about is Eddard's Honor Guard. Uh, movement of five, a three-up defense, a six-up morale. Uh, hitting on threes with 764 and Stark Fury. Uh, six points. I 
like the unit a lot. I still feel they're lacking a little something. Uh, and the reason I say that is because uh, you compare these guys to uh, Berserkers, and for me personally, just personal preference, I don't think there's a clear answer. I think it's a toss-up on preference at that point. They're both just as good as each other, in my opinion, uh, at six points for your for Eddard to be in. Because, I mean, it's it's hard to uh, deny that if you're at last ranks with Berserkers, unless they have a way to increase it, you take even if you fail your panic test, you still take zero wounds because of unyielding minusing two, and then uh, iron resolve minusing one, so minus three at last rank, uh, and then that five up morale, uh, having the ability to hit on twos with uh, nine dice, um, it's just it's huge, and then you don't have to worry about that Stark Fury uh, uh, timing that. Uh, is the same timing as Northern Ferocity and Winter's Might. Um, you also don't have to worry about doing wounds to yourself, uh, so that way when Eddard attacks, he's just simply healing, um, not his own unit, but you know, you're know you netting across your army more wounds, whereas if you start Fury and take two wounds, but then you heal two another unit, um, I don't know. Granted, you're always hitting on threes with the Sworn Sword or with the Eddard's Honor Guard, and you have a three-up defense, um, and then a five-up morale with uh, Eddard's Iron Resolve. Again, like I'm saying, it's it's a toss-up. I think uh, there's no easy answer. With that said, I don't think that should be the case. I think, like Joffrey and his Kingsguard, you want to make these guys tempting enough that you're just like, okay, there's no like okay, I might want to run them in Berserkers because I think that's cool, but you want to really have the scale tipped in the Honor Guard's favor so that way you're going to see it more often than not. Um, Cyrus, we'll go to you first. Uh, does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, this unit brings up my other issue that I had with the new Stark identity, and that's the self-wounds Uh he said that that's part, or he said, uh, Michael Chanel said that that's going to be part of the, the Stark identity, even though up till now the only unit that did self-wounds were a commander and his cards and the Stark sworn swords. But now that's a wide, uh, wide-ranging uh, faction identity for the Starks now, and it's not really for me, and it hits me with this unit in particular. They still have... Uh, Stark Fury, and they're still doing self-wounds themselves in your commander unit, which seems r really dangerous. I mean, you're going to be riding a really fine line when you're trying to balance your self-wounds and your units that are trying to survive on one rank, and and it, it's going to be sketchy. I, I'm not saying that I don't like the Starks, and, and I think that they're going to be bad. Quite the contrary. I, I still think that the Starks are going to be good. But with this unit in particular, I like that they're six points. You're really going to miss Fearless when facing the Lannisters now. Uh, you're really going to wish that uh, they didn't suffer <laughs> penalties and morale anymore. But that's okay. I think they're fair for six points and throw Eddard in there. That's fine. But when you're dealing your own wounds, I, 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 I might've been happier if they maybe took wounds if you were at full ranks, but if you're at two or one rank, they didn't. Um, I know it's only one wound when you're at two ranks, but still, 
dealing yourself wounds with your abilities and cards. It, it's just, it seems sketchy to me, but I, I need to get more games in to see if it really does bite you like I think it will. Uh, but as far as the unit itself, I think it's an improvement over the, the seven points that they were. Yeah, I think the main thing from, so before, in my opinion, they were, they're uh, almost the go-to. I think in 1.6, they were the perfect balance of usually you took Eddard in Honor Guard from my experience, but uh, that was before Berserkers got uh, of huge overhaul. I shouldn't say overhaul, but they got so much better at six points, in my opinion, that now Berserkers are almost my go-to for almost every commander and almost every list because of how good, in my opinion, they've made them. Um, now, I, I experiment with some other combos, as I've mentioned before, with like uh, um, Roderick and Bowman and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, before I jump over to you, Spencer, one thing that me and you have kind of talked about is that with the exception of maybe Stark Fury, because you are getting Critical Blow and Sundering, uh, a lot of the effects that uh, do wounds to yourself to get a benefit, um, let's say like Northern Ferocity or Winter's Might, uh, what you're getting out of that card to hurt yourself is almost the exact same what some other tactics cards and other factions do for you without hurting yourself. Uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense that I have to hurt myself to get these effects that are very similar to the t kinds of effects that other factions get just innately uh, with, like, not really having to pay a price. Uh, so what what are your thoughts on the Honor Guard and maybe just uh, that uh, topic in general? So looking at the stats of what the Honor Guard are, I really like. Like, they, they actually have some nice stats. The problem is, as we have just been discussing, Fury has problems. <laughs> um, the self-wounding yourself, or the self-hurting, it's just, on Berserkers, it's fine, because you're getting stronger, actually, because you're getting more dice, you're hitting better, you're, like, Berserkers want to be hurt. Everything else doesn't, though. It, you're hurting yourself, making it easier for your opponent to remove this unit, and you're really not getting great benefit. I think there's just a short rule away from, from having it, or from being the great honor guard that you should want them to be, because it is a unique unit. Um, but it's not there. It's, I played with it twice, and once their defense just folded and I died real fast. And on another unit, just or the other game, they just weren't doing anything um, without me using Stark Fury, and then I'm just hurting myself. Um, on a commander unit, when you probably don't want to be hurting a commander unit with commanders being so important. Uh, Especially Eddard. Yeah. He wanted to stay alive for yeah. his cards. And heal to use his rally call. Um, I... I I feel like there's just one more rule added onto them from being fun. It's just right now, as you said, it's a little bit hard to choose them over something like Berserkers. But I want to. I want to choose them over Berserkers. Yeah, I mean, I I have uh, 
I have like 14 Sworn Sword Captains. Granted, I, I know I only need 11 for the unit, but I bought, I just accidentally bought too many on eBay, and then they all came in. I'm like, oh, man, I <laughs> bought way too many. Um, but I bought them just so I could have, you know, this was back when the game first dropped, and, you know, the only faction you had were Starks, Lannisters, and Neutrals. Uh, so a unit of honor guard just of the sworn sword captain sculpt which i think is a, an amazing sculpt um granted they're all the same pose but for me that was fine I, I think they look awesome um but yeah i don't know i think uh i think a simple change to them would be maybe five dice at last rank and then give them that fearless back you know that way if eddard's in the well eddard has to be in the unit but when eddard's in the unit they are now a five up morale that can't be worsened, that uh, and they can't be panicked, and they take minus one uh, damage on failed panic tests. That may seem like a lot, but again, we're talking about the honor, like a unique unit that you can only have one of, and only if you run a specific commander, and you have to run that commander in them. It, it, you know, it's it's like the argument of the the King's Guard with Joffrey. Joffrey does have that big downside to him. But the Kingsguard are—they're so good, uh, like offensive and defensive potential with that—you uh, know—with just all their stats. Um, and then now with the the flag's new abilities, which we'll we'll discuss all that when we get to the Lannister uh, episode, uh, shows. But I don't know. I just I think maybe those couple small changes would almost easily make them. Uh, uh, push them over, you know, that that tipping point where I'd be like, okay, they may not be an auto-include, but now it's enough of a easy option for me that you're going to see Honor Guard over, let's say, Berserkers, uh, you know, 80% of the time, whereas the other 20%, you'd run them in Berserkers. But, uh, but yes, yeah, I guess that's just my two cents on it. Um, but yeah, I think said, the... that's... Uh, Go ahead. I, I think the template for improving Honor Guard is actually in the King's Guard. Just overtune the Honor Guard a little bit and give them a drawback. I, let's say give them Fearless, and then they, they're just a really, really good six-point unit. But if they die and, and Eddard Stark dies and your army sees them die, all your units become panicked. Uh, give them a drawback, kind of like how the uh, the Kingsguard are. If uh, if they fail, I think that would easily justify them at the point that they would be at. Yep. Or even maybe not if you don't take away or add any of that. Maybe even just give them a different ability uh, and just call it like Stark. I don't know. Instead of Stark Fury, it's something very similar of a name like super similar, but then you just take away the fact that they hurt themselves. Literally an order that just gives them critical blow and sundering. It's strong, uh, but you can only do it once. You know, it's it's an order. So unless you take uh, something that allows you to get an order back, um, you know, you're only doing it once. Uh, I think that would be more than fair as well. Maybe just uh, add, make a five dice on the last rank and then change that little bit. And now, you know, they're a lot more offensive enough that uh, late game they're going to be doing a lot more damage because you're still going to have that unfortunate timing that it's you're not going to be able to do start uh, the disability plus winter's might or northern ferocity. Uh, but with that said, that is it for the units. Um, we do have a uh, oh we had a caller. Um, 
So let's, I'll, I'll wait to see if he calls back. I, I told him I'd let him on as soon as we finished up with the units. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on that. Um, so uh, jumping into the uh, attachments, we'll start with, let's see where the attachments start here. Jackin Hagar, Mysterious Prisoner. Uh, a man freed, a name owed. When Jackin is destroyed, your opponent may target one of your combat units. It suffers three wounds. As one of these wounds, they may destroy one infantry attachment in that unit. So uh, that's because the back of the card, you just like uh, the turncoat or maimed Jamie, you uh, attach jack into one of your opponent's units, infantry units, and then that's why it's worded this way, because it's talking to the owner of the unit, that when that unit dies, uh, or I should say when Jacken is destroyed, your opponent targets one of your combat units, uh, and it suffers three wounds, and you can kill an attachment. So the funny thing is, if you run uh, Vargo Hote in your Starks, you can run Vargo into this unit and target Jackin to kill him, which then in turn does three wounds and then targets uh, the actual attachment. So you pick a unit, let's say, with their commander in it. You throw Jackin in there. You gun Vargo for the commander, and then you pokey, pokey, stab, stab, kill Jackin uh, for one. You trigger his ability to do another three, trigger the other ability to do the uh, commander to dead. So just from that one interaction, that's five wounds to the unit plus your attack. <laughs> uh, granted, that's, that's kind of like the perfect scenario with him, but um, I have not used him yet. I think he's cool. Uh, I think he's not like super attractive of an option. Uh, but he's definitely, uh, I think, worth his points. You just He's situational, and you really have to kind of build around him. Um, I want to say he does have the restriction of needing... Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Arya Stark. So unlike the other Jackin, uh, Hagar... Uh, uh, no, sorry, that's Sirio Pharrell. So unlike Sirio Pharrell, who needs either Arya or um, Eddard, uh, Jackin has to have Arya, which is the downside because, uh, as we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Arya is, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get into that because that's going to be a tangent. So, um Without the uh, one important thing to note, I don't know if it means anything, but Jack and Hagar does say uh, an army that includes Arya Stark. Whereas if you look at um, Sirio, let me find Sirio real quick. Uh, Sirio says, may be fielded in an army including Eddard Stark or Arya Stark the wolf girl. So that means that if there are more Aryas that are released, that uh, you'll be able to run Jackin with any of those versions of Arya, whereas Sirio will only be able to be ran in an army with Eddard or uh, the NCU Arya Stark, because that her sub name is the wolf girl. Um, 
So that's just an interesting uh, little part I wanted to point out there because, I don't know, maybe it's something that was overlooked in their process, but uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that was on purpose. Um, Spencer, what do you think of uh, Jack and Hagar? Well, first I would like to point out that I would love an attachment aria instead of an NCU one. That'd be cool. So, see you, Hey, Finn. Um, <laughs> but... Jock and I mean, he seems nice, but, but as you were pointing out, he's very situational. I will point out, Sarks don't have any access outside of Vargo Hoyt to uh, sniping NCUs. They don't have any expert duels, so this is kind of their way of doing it, I guess. But you have to kill him, which isn't always yep. going to be easy to do. Um one point, I mean, if you want to play around, I think people should play around with him and see maybe is he worth it. Um, I think right now, though, he would be delegated to – he's a fun list just to, to play around with unless you get really confident with what he can do. Um, I mean, three wounds just for having killed him and one of them being potentially the enemy commander, it, it's a powerful ability for one point, but it's difficult to hurt. Yep. Um so I want to uh, point out that I did make a mistake. So it does three wounds, and it, you have to uh, replace one of those wounds to kill the attachment. So that combo would only do four wounds. You'd kill Jacken, and then you do two wounds, for, uh, three wounds, but replacing one of them as the commander. So you do four total. But still, that's that's just from an effect. That isn't even from the attack. Uh, but. We're actually running a little behind on time. Uh, so uh, after uh, I get your thoughts on Jack and uh, um, Cyrus, I'm going to – we'll kind of go through – I'll read through a handful of these attachments, and then we'll kind of speak on them as a group. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Jack and Hagar? Uh, I think he's fun. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be used a lot, but – he can, uh, since he's difficult to, to kind of snipe out of a unit with expert duelist, he's kind of more of a, a finisher. If you if you put him in a unit that has, say, two attachments already, like uh, Free Folk have the Harmless Bannerman that could be attached uh, if, you, if you come across a, a Rickon and Osha, and he's the third attachment, if you come up short and just kill him, he would instead finish up the, the unit the rest of the way off with the additional three wounds. So that's, yep. you know, that's nice. Uh, he, he's kind of a finisher in that sense. Uh, other than that, without being able to, to snipe him out, uh, it'll be kind of hard to use him. So you're kind of looking at him being uh, the coup de grace of trying to wipe out a unit uh, if you can. Yep, and, and another important thing to note that I've mentioned with other similar uh, type of, uh, um, like with Jamie, uh, given the extra victory point, um, is you really, uh, it's, uh, it's a mind game. You know, putting, this unit, uh, putting him in a unit right then and there makes your opponent a little more weary about being uh, too offensive with that unit. Because uh, sometimes they have, you know, lists will have that unit that's just, you know, speed into them and just start wreaking havoc. When you have attachments like this in them, you can't really be that way. It's it's a lot more risky to do it. 
So, uh, I mean, could you imagine um, some unit like that for Lannisters, but they're running uh, Joffrey in Kingsguard, and then you killed Jacken, and now you pop Joffrey plus three of his Kingsguard, and now you just have, for Kingsguard, that's a whole rank gone, plus Joffrey for the two victory points. Um, you know, so I could definitely see Jacken being some clutch, uh, you know, plays with him in, in competitive play, um, but you're not going to see him that often. And uh, I think you're really going to have to play around a lot with him and be really clever with him. Uh, but he is definitely worth his points, and he's definitely a great, uh, I think, game design. Um, all right, so I'm going to go over. Let's uh, We'll talk about, excuse me, um, Rickon and Osha and Mira and uh, um, Jojen. So Mira Reed gives the Kranigmen uh, uh, affiliation and hidden traps, same hidden traps that the Kranigmen uh, trap, uh, uh, trackers have. Uh, then you have, and that's for one point, um, Jojen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's two points. Um, but he has, he gives the affiliation Kranigmen as well. Uh, but, and then he, his other, both, obviously that, because all affiliations are the uh, innate ability, the heart that you can't take away. Jojen's green sight is another innate ability that you cannot take away, which is each time this unit performs an attack or charge action before resolving that action, it gains one of the following. May reroll any attack dice or may reroll any charge distance dice and ignores the hindering and rough keywords this turn. So... Uh, we'll talk about those two real quick. Uh, great for any Holland Reed list, uh, both of them. I think Jojen's way better than he was before. Two points is, he puts him on the iffy side. I still think uh, he can be worth his two points. You just have to find the right unit. Because uh, the important thing to note is that not being able to turn off the green sight means you're always getting it. And the fact that it is an innate ability means you're always going to get it with all of your attack actions. Whereas, let's say you argue uh, Jojen against a um, Sworn Sword Captain, he is an order even and re-rolls and gives a vulnerable. But this will allow you to re-roll the charge distance on the turn you charge in, so that way you can guarantee that you can play tactics cards and re-roll your dice for the charge. So you won't need to choose that other option to reroll. And then when you're stuck in combat, every single time you attack, you get rerolls. Um, so and being Kranigman, I think uh, Jojen in a Howland Reed list in the right unit is almost a must take. And then Hidden Traps got a bit weaker, so I don't know. I would still run Mira with Hidden Traps for one point if I needed more Kranigman units. Uh, let's say. For example, I would run Mira in some Stormcrow uh, Mercenaries for that minus one to give that Kranigman affiliation while having hidden traps, uh, while having the stat line of a uh, Stormcrow Mercenaries over the stat line of Kranigman Trappers, which is, again, sad, but I would rather that five points uh, than the five points for the trackers. Um, and then... Uh, talk about uh or the two um 
Uh, where'd you go, Rickon? There you are. So he adds plus one to morale test rolls and uh, grants one extra victory point, uh, and he's one point. But then he lets you take... Uh, I wonder, I think I forgot to uh, screenshot it. He lets you take Asha for free. Um, so let's uh, look it up on the app real quick. Apologies. I thought I thought I screenshot everything we were going to talk about. I missed Asha since she's like a sub ad. Um, so for free, you get to add her, which gives you the Counter Strike and Stubborn Tenacity. So for one point, you're getting plus one morale, Counter Strike Tenacity, unlocking Shaggy Dog if you want that three point activation, and then uh, but you're granting an extra victory point. No longer do you have the ability to football throw Rickon across the field to another unit before uh, his unit dies. So whatever unit you stick him in, that's a unit that's going to give up the extra victory point. Uh, with that said, uh, we'll go over to you first, Spencer. What do you think about those four attachments between Rick and Osha and Jojen and Mira? I'll start with Mira because I think she's the easiest. You kind of had it just right here. She's nice for an extra Kranig men uh, for one point. Not really going to have many options, though, I think. You're just really looking for that. Uh, the hidden traps isn't going to do enough. Um, Shojin, uh, two points is a hefty price. I would like to point out, though, that his is just attack, so you could actually even put him in Bowman and just have rerolls all the time. Um, nice. That's a combo I've yeah, it's a combo I've thought of, uh, but it is a hefty price of two points. Um, Rickon and Osha are fantastic, and I recommend them often. Um, having plus one morale to a unit and and stubborn tenacity and counter strike is the rebuff to a unit at the cost of just losing an extra victory point, which is a big deal if you lose them. Um, Unlocking Shaggy Dog, who I already said I think is the best Tireball. Uh And I believe that was the last one you said. Yep. And I think com- comboing Rick and Osha with uh, um, Howland Reed uh, NCU for that minus one, you know, influencing the unit that's trying to kill off Rick and, you know, make them minus one to hit, some more Counter-Strike hits, you Bowman into them with that combo, um, you know, because you could put Rick and Osha in some She-Bears, and uh, Holland Reed on the unit, um, you could really make some nasty combos. Um, with that said, uh, Cyrus, what do you think of uh, those four attachments? Uh, Rickon and Osha are excellent uh, in, in the right defensive unit, like we were saying with uh, uh, Tully Sworn Shields or, or even uh, She Bears. Uh, you, you're not going to want to come close to a unit like that. Uh, especially with all the keywords that you're getting, uh, the plus one morale, the uh, counter-strike, the uh, stubborn tenacity, uh, it turns into a pretty good unit, and they're going to have to try really hard to try to take him down. Uh, with uh, Mira, she's she's okay. You know, good for getting an, an extra Kranemun, like we said. Uh, I'm just kind of down on the Kranemun traps right now. Uh, I would often forget to trigger my traps in games. And at this point in time, with the way they are, I'd be like, oh, I forgot to trigger my traps. Oh, well. Uh, now, Jojen Reed, I really like Jojen Reed. The first thing that I thought of when I saw him was Bastard Girls. 
you get a re-roll on your range <laughs> attack, and then you get a re-roll on your charge and ignoring the terrain keywords. Uh, just a great combo. You get both of his effects in one activation. Just, it's a really good home for him to be in, especially in a in a Howland Reed list where he's given the Bastards Girls the Kranich Men affiliation as well. Uh, just an excellent unit, and I, I can't wait to use him, which I, I didn't get to use him before because he was just a really tough tough ask in, in the previous version. Now I think he's great. Yep. I like the fact that he's you know what you're getting, whereas before that randomness was just too big of a cost for two points. Um, all right, and then jumping into, uh, I think we have like 10 more attachments, so we might not get to the NCUs this uh this show, but I'm going to try. Um, so we'll talk about Serio, Rob, Mage. Um, so Serio gives precision and agile, uh, so the minus one to hit when attacking this unit. Um, so that's ranged and melee. The uh, He is two points, and you can only take him if you have Eddard or Arya. Uh, you have Rob Stark which gives the swift retreat, so after an enemy attacks them, you can perform a retreat action and gives them the enhanced mobility for the plus one move and may pivot before marching. Uh, and then Mage Mormont, another two-point attachment, giving go-down fighting. Each time a rank in this unit is destroyed, one enemy they are engaged with suffers one wound, and unyielding, this unit suffers minus one wound from failing panic tests for each of its destroyed ranks. So... Uh, Sticking um, mage in some uh, sworn shields would be awesome, you know, because every time you pass a panic, they take a wound. Every time you uh, take off a rank from them, they take a wound. Uh, and then they're unyielding uh, with the panic tests and the shield wall. I mean, granted, you're looking at an eight-point unit, but you're really going to make them suffer for attacking you. Uh Hefty price for, again, the same reason, not having the offensive potential to really hold your weight at eight points, but uh, definitely a scary thought of a defensive unit. Rob Stark in some Berserkers is also awesome um, for, uh, granted, eight points, but you have a seven movement uh, and pivot before marching. And then if your opponent attacks you, you can free retreat. And if they've taken off a rank, now you're hitting on threes, being able to charge into them with re-rolls. Uh, definitely um, an idea there. And then Serio Pharrell, great in any unit. I think he's perfect in offensive units. Uh, what comes to mind the most is Berserkers. Uh, and the reason being is not only because Berserkers are awesome, but that minus one to hit combined with their high morale makes them really survivable with that unyielding. It gives them precision. Uh, berserkers currently don't have a keyword so precision on berserkers would be amazing uh, again it's eight points so it's all three of these are going to be kind of hefty investments on any unit that's uh, six points or more um, Cyrus what do you think about these three uh, so Asirio I think he's one of the only units that kept agile all the other ones became disrupt so Asirio works on range attacks still while the other ones only yep. work while you're in melee. So he's really good if you're worried about your opponent bringing an excess of ranged units. Uh, you can be able to get them in without getting too many hits. And precision, the way that it's worded now, 
is dealing an auto wound as opposed to a non-defense save. Uh, so it's able to get around some of the defensive tricks that some units have. It's uh, precision is now dealing wounds on six, the way that it's worded, which is really handy. Uh, with Rob Stark, his attachment is great. He's great just to bring by himself. You don't have to bring gray wind if you can't fit the points. That kind of maneuverability uh, is really handy. If you find yourself with the game state changing and your unit is out of position to be able to pivot and march, and, and get your guys back into position is very, very useful. Even at two points, I still think that he's a worthwhile bring. And then, uh, I'm sorry, what was, the, what was the last one again? I, uh, Mage. Mage Mormont. Actually, yeah, there's, I forgot about her because I uh, didn't have a Kickstarter, so I have not been able to use any version of Mage Mormont. However, I will say that the new go-down fighting is pretty rough because uh, you're losing an entire rank and they're taking one wound as it used to be D3. Uh, and I understand why they changed, uh, changed it. One, they need to get away from D3 uh, effects and uh, it was really powerful, but you're losing an entire rank and your enemy's taking one wound. It's a very small consolation prize. Uh, but other than that, Not always, effect, it's pretty handy as well. Yeah. I mean, Technically, yes, you would have to lose four eventually to deal one, but they could have only done one wound, and if you only had one wound left in that rank, now in that instance, you're trading one for one. Uh, now, in the overall, like you were saying, though, in the overall scheme of it, you're technically losing four, they're, they're losing one. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, the fact that she has both abilities is what kind of makes her worth it in the right unit. On its own, like you're yeah. saying, it's it's only a little drop in the bucket, but it, it'll add up eventually. It's um, more useful in armies that have access to more healing. Like I believe Corrin Halfhand has go down fighting with his attachment, and the Night's Watch have access to a lot of healing. So if you do lose that yeah. rank, you're able to pop it back up, and then they have to take another wound when they bring it back down again. It's just it feels a little yeah. out of place for Starks because they they have limited access to healing. Yeah, it may be in like a very specific build with Eddard with his uh, healing when he attacks, or uh, or maybe Eddard NCU. Um, but we'll see. What uh, got about 13 minutes left, Spencer? Uh, what's your thoughts on those three? So I will say I think Codon fighting is poorly done right now. Um, thematically on the parts, actually, it makes sense, but not rules-wise. And I under, again, I, I also understand why that had to change. It was a little too powerful if you controlled the swords doing D3. Um, it does feel a little weak, so I, I don't think Mage is worth two points. I think she would be a very strong one point, but two points is, I think, too hefty of a price for what she does. Um uh, uh Go Pharrell is, I think, really good, but two points again. Um, can definitely boost the unit up, though, and be, make them be both defensive with a minus one and offensive with precision. And I think precision is going to be underrated in the beginning. Uh, that just auto wound is actually a lot more useful when it gets through shield wall, harden, and uh, resilience. Those are all really big things to be able to punch through. Uh, punching on who else there was. Uh, 
And uh, Rob. Who were the other? Bob? It was Rob. Like is the one you. So I, I like Rob. I just, again, two points is uh, an investment, but maneuverability seems to be a big part of the game on 1.7. So adding maneuverability, retreating options, as you pointed out, adding it to like berserkers or something, a defense or an offensive unit to be able to do more with it can be really nice. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, as you were saying, Cyrus, uh, as I guess kind of both of you, like, uh, or mostly uh, you, Spencer, the paying two points, I think when you compare it to a lot of other factions' uh, unique attachments, like Mage, I feel like I've seen plenty of other attachments for one point that do just as much as she does, and same with Rob. Uh, Serio, though, Agile, so good. Like, com- And the fact that he's the only one that you, like you mentioned, Cyrus, that uh, kept Agile and everything else is disrupt-, disrupt now. If you put him in a unit with Disrupt, it does stack. So I think Serio at two is fair um, because of how crazy the combo potential could be. Rob and Mage, I almost feel like, you know, with the theme of unique attachments being so good for their points, uh, would both have to kind of go down to one point to uh, to really see enough play. Um, And then jumping over to the last of the unique, uh, we'll talk about Great John, Blackfish, and Brandon Hodor. So first up, uh, Great John Umber, he has to the last. When this unit would be destroyed, it performs one morale test, and on success it is not destroyed, but remains in play with one wound, then becomes panicked and vulnerable. And he has furious charge. Enemies successfully charged by this unit become vulnerable. Another two-point attachment. Uh, we then have Brendan Tully, the Unyielding Knight. He has the House Affiliation Tully. Uh, that's probably because we'll see Edmir eventually. He gives the unit Dauntless, so each time they pass a morale test, you restore a wound. And Iron Resolve, plus one to panic test and minus one wound from failing tests. Um, a great addition to, again, Sworn Shields. Uh, so every time you pass panic, you heal one, they take one. They're now at a five-up panic test with uh, minus one wound. Um, not really adding any offensive potential, but a great bunker at seven points. Uh, and then lastly, the in my opinion, Brandon Hodor, just not really worth it. Uh, I believe they are only one point, though. A, their melee attack steal plus one wound, uh, so that's every time you attack. Then he has Hodor, which is, uh, well, I guess both of them are called Hodor, but one has one exclamation point and one has three. Uh, when this unit is performing a retreat action, after re- uh, rolling retreat d- distance dice, you may have all dice count as rolling a six uh, and have an enemy this unit disengaged from become vulnerable. If you do, this attachment loses all abilities until the end of the game. Um, I think this would be a lot more worth it if the second ability was just simply once per game and you didn't lose the first Hodor part. Um, uh, for one point, I'd, I'd see a lot. I think I would see a lot more use out of this personally. Um, but the fact that you lose the first ability by using the second ability, which is just okay, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed with that one. Um, but uh, we'll go over to you guys before we run out of time. Cyrus, what do you think of these three? So great, John. Uh, for everybody that was complaining about Jon Snow and his never-die ability, 
uh, Nanner Nanner Boo Boo, now a bunch <laughs> of units now have that ability. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's really cool, uh, but it goes back again that the Starks don't have access to a wide variety of, of healing. So when you do survive with that one wound and, and get those condition tokens, you're probably not going to survive much longer. It does throw a wrench in your opponent's plan if they really, really needed that unit to die in that moment. So it's, it's, it's cool to have. And then I think he has that, what, what the furious charge when he makes uh, somebody vulnerable, which is always good too. Um, and then uh, I think it was Brendan Tully. He's great. He's always been great. Yep. I love bringing him. Uh, he's got some of that uh, that uh, healing when he uh, when he passes his morale test and and that iron resolve. Uh, two solid abilities. He's always good. And then the last one was uh, Brennan Hodor. Help me out. Oh yes, Brennan. Uh, uh, forgettable as they are. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> it, it hurts my heart. Um, looking at him. At, at them as they are right now, they're not bad. They're, it's not a bad unit. Dealing auto wounds is, has become kind of rare in the game, and he just does it every time he hits, uh, which is just it's it's good. It is a single wound, but it's in addition to whatever else you do on your attack. And the other ability, the auto six on retreat. If you if your unit is in trouble. And you trigger that, they're out of trouble. They're almost at always at long range away from your opponent, and out of their reach unless they have some kind of maneuver shenanigans or you're tied up with cavalry. So it's a really good defensive ability, uh, but for the most part, it's defense. They want to stay stuck in and try to kill their opponent before they die. So you're not really looking for uh, retreat abilities like that, but you have it. You have to take them if you want to uh, bring summer. So there is some opportunity cost with that as well. It's not bad, but it still hurts the heart to look at. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, we got about five minutes left. Uh, what's your thoughts on those three? So I'll start with Brandon Hodor. Yeah, the second ability is situationally good. Um I will say the one auto wound I think could be interesting on something like uh, Blackguard, who has Vicious, so always triggering your Vicious to be at minus one or minus two to their morale cost. Um, could be interesting. Uh, I don't like Great John simply because I go both of his abilities are situational. You're only going to get a charge once or twice in a game usually, so that's not going to trigger very often, and your opponent has to actually hurt you enough to kill you to try and do the to the last. And other than Umber units, Stark don't have great morale. They have a six, unless you have, like, Embolden around them. Um, so it's it's limiting what I think he's effective in to begin with. Uh, the last thing, I guess, is uh, Brandon Tully. I think he's good. I think he's always been good. He, he does what he's supposed to do. He'll help with panic and heal on panic. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. And uh, I didn't really touch much on Great John, but I also want to mention, you know, if uh, the precedent still stands with uh, it shall not end, uh, if they attack you and you die from the attack dice, you trigger this, you take a morale and then pass, become panic vulnerable with one wound, you then still have to take the panic test, and now you're panicked, and if you fail doesn't matter what you're rolling the D3, you then die. Uh, so 
it's like unless you said, for Spencer, units, it's then very situational. What? So unless you're in an umber unit with unyielding, then the panic is minus two. You have to roll a three to die. Yep. So, I mean, running him in a berserker unit could be a thing, but uh, I think there's much better options. Uh, so, quickly, I'm going to go over the last four attachments, and we'll do NCUs for the next show. Uh, these are all the generic ones. So, we already kind of discussed uh, the Mormont Veteran, giving you Hardened. Amazing ability. It's a block one hit, plus one for each of your destroyed ranks. Uh, great in any unit, really. Hardened is, uh, in my opinion, probably too effective, um, especially on a commander who gets it for free. Uh, and then we have uh, the Sworn Sword Captain giving the martial training, which is uh, order to reroll attack dice and make a defender vulnerable. My go-to option for Berserkers, uh, put them back at 7 points, and in my opinion, makes them way better than the 7.1.6 version of them. Uh, and then we have the Kranigman Survivalist, Elusive Escape, uh, reroll any retreat distance dice, and enemies to disengage from may not pivot and become weakened, and then have Pathfinder, which ignores his dangerous, hindering, and rough keywords. Also an awesome attachment uh, for just about any moderate to, or medi like mediocre to great movement units. And then we have the Kranigman Warden, uh, which has the Overwatch, an enemy that ends march or maneuver action in long range and line of sight of this unit they perform one range attack on that enemy. So uh, quickly, in about one minute, Cyrus, uh, what are your thoughts on those four? Uh, I love the Sword Sword Captain. Uh, I've played some Night's Watch, and uh, the Swarm Brothers have that martial training, and it is tremendous once you get into combat with the perpetual vulnerable token and constantly getting rerolls. That's great. Uh, I love the uh, the uh, Men Survivalist. Uh, causing some uh, maneuver shenanigans and being able to retreat and not them, uh, not allowing them to pivot. Uh, it, it's hard to find anything wrong with any of those attachments. I think they're all great. Yeah, I think uh, the generic attachments are on point. Starks have some of the best generic attachments uh, of any of the factions. I think it's the unique ones where they're kind of lacking a bit. And Spencer, how about you? Uh, got about 30 seconds for you. All right, so Mormont Veteran, excellent. I would recommend Sworn Swords or Berserkers to make them durable. Uh, the Sword Captain, great, again, on Berserkers to make them offensive. I could even see in Sworn Shields to make them have some offense. Uh, the Warden sounds great in theory, but like we said in our testing, it's not. It's easier to get around, but it does play mind games. And the Survivalist, I think, could be great with Rob, who has cards to do some retreat actions. All right, there you have it, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening in. I apologize for the very quick end here. It just ran a little later. I'll, you know, That's why we're doing a two-parter for all these factions. There's just so much to cover, and we don't want to really skip anything. So we kind of saved you know, the more generic uh, uh, stuff for last. So thank you all for listening in. We will be back, uh, I believe, Sunday. Uh, this is Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed.